0: For this episode of Poetry Spotlight, I reached out to laureates from around the state of Ohio and I asked them to just give a brief update what they've been up to, what their plans for the future are, um, and I asked them to read a poem. And these are the results. Johnny, thank you so much for joining us. And you are our first interview for The Laureate Report. And and take it away, what have you been working on?
1: Well, um, my name's Johnny McIntyre. I'm the Poet Laureate of Lucas County, Ohio. And um, you know what? We've been working on a bunch of stuff. Last year was sort of a learning year. So some things I tried and they didn't all work. And that's okay um i learned i learned a lot um mostly the focus has been on getting um poetry out in public spaces right getting it to be uh, normalized poetry so we've had writers shop workshops once a month um at the different branch campuses br- branch campuses branches of the library um, so we're going to reach all over Lucas County, uh, with those and they're writing workshops led by different people, different topics. Um, we're going to be working on having some more workshops and more writing opportunities, um, at the downtown library. Um, we are, um, you know, for a while through the library system, we had, uh, poetry included um, through their dial a story uh program, which you could call in and they would we would read you a poem. Um, we got poets on NBC 24's uh What's Going On, which is a uh TV show, um, which is really huge. I think, I think, you know, having poets and showing that um poetry comes from all different angles. It comes from colleges, but it also comes from blue-collar workers, people who are at home, accountants everything um we were uh part of welcoming week at the downtown library um during the summer of uh, 2022 and were able to um celebrate that uh the city of toledo is a welcoming community and the count lucas county is a welcoming community and in all of the United States, it is the only place where the city and the county are considered welcoming communities to uh, immigrants. And I'm, I'm very, very proud of uh, that. Um, I did a lot of author fairs and a lot of just reading everywhere possible um, in 2022. And I'd like to say I'll probably slow down in 2023, but I probably won't at all. Um, Because I just, I absolutely adore going out, being different places. Um, I like showing up and saying, not only, you know, I'm from Toledo, but we've been, we've had a poet laureate program for, you know, 16 years. And um, our arts commission does all of this stuff. And we have this really amazing community. And so, you know, I love being an ambassador for that. In 2023, we're going to continue our writer shop um, workshops. We're also going to do some other things. Um, so we're going to have 13 poems at Collingwood Arts Center. Um, and uh, that means every month there will be 13 poems that are posted uh, all over Collingwood Arts Center, which is, it used to be the St. Ursuline um, Sisters Convent that now has like you know, ghost tours and, um, and has a, it's a very, very cool space. So you have to check that out. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to have a weekly radio show on W A K T called right on Toledo. If not, I might try to work up a podcasty thing. We'll see. Yeah. But, um, I would love <laughs> to have some, some little interviews and stuff like, like what you're doing here, Jeremy, I, you know, um, and talk to some of our, our local writers. Um, we're going to collect, uh, Toledo poetry, some, some, um, writings from the past. Um, some people who have done books already, um, who've had events in the past. Um, I don't want these things to fall into obscurity. And so, you know, I'm, I'm right now, I'm in the process of, of looking for a way to archive some of these materials and, um, It looks like we have a a really good possible space at UT, and and I'm very hopeful about that. Um, Another thing that we're working on is uh, poems about place all across the county. And with this project, I want to build off of... um, the city of Toledo has an ode to the zip code contest every year, which I'll be a part of this year, as I have been the last few years. Um, but building off of not just not just writing about your zip code and not just following a specific form, but having maybe longer poems or or bigger writings about place, about memories, about um, things in our different neighborhoods all across Lucas County. Um, working on collecting some of those things, maybe a maybe an anthology, maybe a collection, but more than that, um being able to have maybe placards, maybe some some visual representation of these poems all across the county. So that's that's a project that I'm I'm gonna be working on. Um it's kind of it's a, sort of a bigger project. Um, so it might take some some funds, raising some funds. But it goes hand in hand with something you and I have talked about, um, it, which is the shared cities readings. Um, and and the whole idea, which I know you'll talk about later and, and we'll we'll you know rope some other poet laureates in and, and uh let it grow. But basically the idea is we have poems of place here, we have a fantastic um a fantastic set of places to go in Toledo and in Lucas County. I want people from other cities to visit us and for us to show off for us to do readings at different places and share what we've got here. I want to go to their locations and I want our uh, poets and writers to go off campus, create that greater village, create that greater community um, so that, you know, not only, do we know Toledo has a lot of stuff? We know that um, all of these other cities, all of these places all around Ohio, and really even into Michigan for, for us in Lucas County, um, there are a lot of talented writers, and there's a lot to show off. We want to them to know us. We want them to know us. That's what I just said. We <laughs> want to know them too, but mostly we want them to know us. That's yeah. it. That's my role, isn't it? Yeah, ultimately
2: <laughs> absolutely
1: <laughs> um so that's that's the very very that the quick rundown of uh some of the things that are that are going on, and then frankly, it's just like a job uh description at the bottom is the little asterisk and whatever else we think of so you know (laughs) that's where it is right now but i'm absolutely sure that during the year we will add on whatever else we think of whatever's going to work and whatever people really want um i'm down for
0: excellent a lot of irons in the fire that's wonderful so uh thank you so much would you would you care to read a poem before we
1: i would Uh, love to i i actually have one okay so um so it's January, so it's dark, and I'm just going to read you something bleak, uh, but that's what I'm good at, and um, it's, but it's also a bit of a love poem, and as we know, uh, if, you've, if you've ever heard me read my love poems, there's always a dead body, so here we go. <laughs> um, honoring Our Dead. What we say at the funeral needs lightness. After all, there's a dead body here. We're all dead bodies who haven't found our home. But I'm a terrible liar and it's hard to explain that a love poem can reveal all of your worst moments, can in fact highlight them and call them wrong while still mourning the loves we've lost. I can celebrate the rare maple candies, the pie crust cookies, the grandmother of chicken and noodles while telling you about the two hands, hollow pop of boxed ears, the booming voice the always disappointed eyes and swinging purse. I can love the grandfather who used shame like fists and plaster, who flat of the hand surprise attacked the slower kids. So much so that I can still see all of us even now, orphaned and oddly groundless, ducking heads, throwing up arms and weaving. What I can tell you is that I can't save anyone, but my grandparents were a gift given to me by a daughter who fought to love herself and kept fighting until she learned the bravery of kindness. We honor our dead with honesty and with forgiveness, not for all their cruelties, but for the love they couldn't feel during those hardest years. We bring to light the bright moments without letting them cast shadows on the darknesses we still carry. We bury our dead slowly, over and over, until only the love that is growing remains. Beautiful. Thank you. Wonderful.
0: Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate your time, Johnny.
1: Thank you, Jeremy.
0: I am with John Burroughs, the Beat Poet
3: Laureate of the United States. John, what are you working on? Well, Jeremy, uh, (laughs) thank you for having me and uh, thank you for asking. Um, Well, since I became the uh, Laureate back in September, uh, it's been a kind of a whirlwind. I mean, I live a whirlwind life anyway in poetry, but, you know, so much has happened in addition to what usually happens. Um, I've been to you know around the state, doing readings or workshops, talking about the legacy of the beads, talking to students. Was recently at Muskingum University. Been to Columbus, Youngstown, Toledo, Athens, you name it. Portsmouth, Cincinnati, one of my favorite places. So many great places in uh, in Ohio for poetry. Um, one of the other things I've been doing besides touring around. Uh, sharing poetry with other great poets um, around the state, there's so many, is I've been, you know, continuing my work as publisher of Crisis Chronicles Press. Um, I recently published four uh, titles by poets with deep, strong connections to Ohio. Um, Judith Mansour's uh, Khan Zaman. She used to direct the, uh, the Lit, Cleveland's Literary Center for many years. Um, uh, a book by Christine Howey, who was our recent uh, Cleveland Heights Poet Laureate and uh, a wonderful writer, performer. Uh, John Dorsey, who lived many years in Toledo. We've actually done two books of his recently. So that's one of the things I've been doing, trying to promote uh, other Ohio poets, uh, attend as many readings as I can by, by other poets and you know, show them my support and sh- their books and share their books online, you know, to uh, help give them a boost if I can. Um, coming up, I have uh, a lot going on. Uh, to, on April 6th, we're doing a self-publishing workshop. Uh, Juliet Cook from Medina, Michelle R. Smith from here in the Cleveland area, and I uh, at the South Euclid Public Library. Um, then on Sunday the 8th, we're having a gathering of laurels at the South Euclid Library, the South Euclid branch of the Cuyahoga County Public Library, and uh, with Doc Janning, Ciara Freeman, our new Heights Poet Laureate, Honey Bell Bay, our Cuyahoga County Poet Laureate, Jeremy Jusick, and uh, it's it's going to be a great, uh, a great event. And then I'm heading off to Florida for St. Augustine Poet Fest. To Missouri for three readings um, this month, and to Evansville, Indiana, always a great place to go to, um, and to talk, you know, not just read, but talk about, you know, why beat poetry is a, a living, breathing art. A lot of people think of it as a generation with a very narrow time period and a very narrow group of people, and it's really quite a diverse, ongoing, evolving art form. Um, I've been involved a lot with uh, many of the organizations around Cleveland and Ohio that are doing uh, wonderful work supporting poets. Um, Lit Youngstown, Poets Against Racism, uh, the Ohio Poetry Association. Uh, Some of the things I have come up um, that I'm really excited about, two of them are sponsored by the Ohio Poetry Association. Um, One is... Uh, Ohio's beat poet laureate Sandra Fien from Columbus and I are going to do a beat poetry workshop um, for the OPA in Columbus on May 27th. Re- she has put together s- such a great uh program and I'm, you know, adding m- my bits as I you know can um but she's such a brilliant uh teacher and you know mind, in addition to being a great poet. So it's a pleasure to work with her on that. And uh, also we're going to have in August, August 30th, or August 3rd, the Ohio Poetry Showcase at the Ohio State Fair. I'm really excited about that. I'm doing a couple festivals in uh, Kentucky um, coming up this spring and summer. Um, Country Fried Panda in Shelbyville and Gonzo Fest, the Hunter S. Thompson tribute in um Louisville. And um, you know, I'll first be... one is very Kentucky. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I yeah, and it's they'll these will be my first events in Kentucky, uh hey, as good. much as I've traveled <laughs> about. Um finally getting to Kentucky. Um, <laughs> and I love the state. I had an uncle that lived there when I was a kid. We used to visit and go, you know, catching bass and uh that's where I you know first ate catfish and you know but uh Oh, cool. Let's see what else we got going on there. Lit Youngstown Fall Literary Festival, I'm looking forward to. Um, uh, Indie Lit Fest in, at Frostburg, Maryland uh, that happens every October as well. Um, it, Labor Day weekend, you know, the first weekend of September, we have the National Beat Poetry Festival in um, Connecticut, where I'm going to hand off the laureateship to uh, the next U.S. Beat Poet Laureate, um, who I'm going to be at but hopefully i'll find out soon um there are so many great candidates around the the country and uh it's just amazing I, when i was first selected i was like why are you picking me you know when there were so many great people but you know I've, i i've i've embraced the role and you know um i'm looking forward to passing it on to someone who you know may be worthier um <laughs> And uh let's see what else have I been doing and what else am I up to. Well, I um really uh I've been writing a poem a day through this we have this online uh group with a few Ohio poets and I think a couple others that aren't from Ohio who are uh writing poems every day as they can or you know you, you can't always do it or you know you don't always have or the inspiration, but you know, it's been good for me because if I know other people are watching, I'm more likely to follow through um, on writing something. Mm-hmm. And even if I feel like, oh, I might have to revise and, and improve it, later, or at least I have the bones of a poem. So I've been trying to interact more with other. You know, it, during the pandemic, I got so um kind of wrapped up in just being at home and hybrid and you know working on my press and working on my stuff and you know I, and I got out of the habit of interacting so much with uh, other poets so part of what I've been doing during this laureateship is really trying to reach out and be a parts of be a part of things you know I also have that was the Facebook poem a day group I'm also in a an email poem a day group and uh, also a Renshi group where you know every few weeks or so i have to write a poem um that follows a previous poet's poem and that's with a group of people from uh northern appalachia
0: is is that is that run by wayne swanger yeah wayne yeah i'm i'm in another one of those groups it's another like because he's got a whole bunch of them
3: oh yeah that's cool He's yeah, he's a joy. And been one other thing I've been doing since the Lordship is getting more involved in the Appalachian poetry community. You know, I was born in West Virginia and uh, but for years kind of, you know, being raised in the Cleveland area, you know, felt kind of separate and divorced from, you know, my roots. Um, and, you know, the past couple of years, especially um, working with Carrie Gunther Seymour and Pauletta Hansel on, on various things and, uh, and Carrie editing this, I thought I heard a Cardinal sing anthology, you know, I've, I've started being more involved, getting, meeting other Appalachian uh, related writers and uh, writing about that period, you know, my, my childhood and my roots more. And um, so, yeah, that's a lot of stuff that I, and uh, I could keep going on and on, which is, what I tend to do, but I'd like to read a poem for you uh, before I go, now, while I have you here. um, This is a poem I've written recently that is in my new book, The Rest, W-R-E-S-T, of the Worthwhile. And it's entitled, So Much for Saving. Before almost anything, I remember a bubble bath with dad at my Aunt Helen's house on Wilder Avenue in Illyria when I was probably three years old. We were visiting Ohio from West Virginia because dad wanted to find a healthier job than in the coal mines or another tour in Vietnam. Hmm. He told me not to eat the bubbles, but no need to worry. I did not even want to pop them. I saw each one as a universe of possibility. A dozen years later, he and my stepmom snooped and found poems I had written about impending death and assumed I was suicidal. They sent me to a shrink because he had the same name as a guy they remembered from back home and because they wanted to save me. He asked about my earliest memory and I told him about the bath and how, Upset I was when dad let the water out and wouldn't let me keep the bubbles. Turns out, I did not want to die and was only writing about the end of the world because a visiting preacher their church had hosted convinced me it was imminent. More bubbles burst. And throughout my childhood, no matter how hard I tried To hold the universes safe in my hands, they always eluded salvation.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so very much for sharing, John.
3: Thank you, Jeremy.
0: Sandra Fien, thank you for joining me. And you are recently the beat poet of the state of ohio so tell me what what are your plans what are you what are you working on what's going on
4: well thank you for having me jeremy um, one of the um probably biggest things that i'm that i'm doing as a special project is called you've been palmed the 121 project that's right I, yeah, that's yes right. indeed and you have not been poem yet dude but you definitely will be awesome um, i I don't say this very often, I turned 60 in November and I decided that I needed to do a project that would involve uh, poeming people, uh, 60 people this year uh, with a due date for those folks uh, this coming Thanksgiving and 61 the following year because we all know what's going to happen to me (laughs) in another year. (laughs) So, this was inspired by California poet Robert Hansen. He was founder of the Poems for All project. And in that project, I don't know if you are familiar with that, but he artfully created miniature matchbook-sized poem books, individual poems that he created into a little book. I have many of them. And he asked blessed recipients to scatter them like seeds. That was his phrase, scatter them like seeds. So. I asked him. I, I actually sent him a message via Facebook. I said, "You know, I don't want to seem like I'm stepping on your toes. Is this okay with you?" I'm really inspired by your poems for all project. He was elated. He says, "I don't even think that this is similar, uh, that similar." And I'm going to explain my project a little more in a minute. But this is very poignant that I that I bring this out first. So he was thrilled with my project. And he also asked me to send him a poem to be created into one of his matchbook-sized books. Okay. This was on November 9th. Uh, we had wonderful exchange. On November 13th, Robert passed away. Holy. And I'm still really quite taken by this this loss. So because of that, and, and I'd already thought about dedicating this, this project and, and uh, you know eventually anthology book to him, but I'm definitely going to do that in honor of him because he passed away of a pulmonary sudden pulmonary embolism on November 13th. So I I you know I was one of the last people to to talk with him and he was elated with the project and wanted to be a part of the project. So what I'm doing is I'm snail mailing. Um, individual multicolored cards to sixty people this year and sixty one the following year with a return address message you've been palmed wow. <laughs> and I'm asking people to write a short poem on any any form any topic or a poem that you've already written i you know I want this to be really effortless and just fun and disperse it. In a surprising and/or random act of kindness, way whether you want to disperse it as you're waiting in the dentist office among magazines, whether you want to put it in the potato chip aisle at Kroger, whether you want, as you're give, giving your server her tip, his or her tip at a restaurant, you want to hand that poem to that server, however you see fit, or if you want to specifically deem that this poem is going to be given as a gift to someone you know you can do that too. After you do this, then my expectation is that you email me when and where you disperse the poem, a, a little commentary about it if you'd like, and your name and where you live. So that's that's my kind of special project for, for everyone. Um, I think most people have seen on Facebook that uh, the National U.S. National Beat Poet Laureate John Burris and I will be doing a workshop sponsored by the Ohio Poetry Association, um, May 27th at the Cooperative Chess Cultural Center in Columbus. And we'll be talking about what it means to be a beat poet back in the day when it first happened, and what it means to be a beat poet today, and it'll also be generative. So we're going to ask people to kind of get into that beat vibe and and try to write like a beat, and i personally think we all exude that that beat vibe and i'll talk about that in the workshop so that's happening in may i i'm working on two collections about my dad and the one that i who has dementia and the one that i i'm especially excited about and almost finished with i'm co-authoring with cliff tryan's who was a retired journalist and Pulitzer Prize winner. So I love to just ride on his coattails. (laughs) Uh, We attend a weekly men's group that our fathers have been attending for decades. I was baptized as an honorary gal to be in this men's group. And it's about what we hear our fathers say and their friends in the group, what we've learned From them and it's titled There's a Rock on Martin Avenue (laughs) and I'm not going to tell you any more about that other than this book is almost finished and we're really excited about it. I just um, I really don't think that I I'm forever honored and surprised that I would receive something like this being the Ohio Bee Poet Laureate. I don't think it's changed me much. Um, I always feel that the most important thing um, in this role is to be an advocate for other poets and an advocate for poetry. And I've always tried to do that. I'd like to do it more. I feel like it's, I, I, my time constraints are um, caring for my dad. You know, he's number one, but uh, I, I try however I can to, to be there for people. I'm Concrete Wink, I'm part of Concrete Wink we've got a, a prison workshop with Lima prisoners coming up. I'm really excited about that. Um, in April we've got Poetry at Sitwell's uh, reading in May. I'm honored that I'm going to be reading for Mosaic of Vo- Voices venue in Troy, Ohio in June. Um, there's just a lot of different things going on. I've had some past readings I feel so happy about that I got to do, but I'm I, need, I know I need to be mindful of time. Uh, but um, I love the what we just did at Pennington. Um, that, so was yeah, that was a wonderful thing. that was crazy fun. Yeah, uh, Kat Russell ha- had a wonderful reading that she invited me to be a part of in October, And Barberton. I read with Kat and Juliet Cook. That was extremely important for me to do that because I I highly read. I just have such reverence for both of them. Um, and I had a reading with Grammar Grammar C with. Chuck Salmon's and Nick Macielsi and Charlene Fix and James Borders and so it's just always a delight when I get to read with people I love, and I think I probably need to start wrapping it up, don't I?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right about at time. But before we go, could you please share a poem?
4: Okay. Are you sure we have time?
0: We do have time.
4: Okay. All right. I, I'll read. Um, I'll read a, a. This is a prose poem. Uh, It's just going to be in the book, There's a Rock on Martin Avenue, and I'm not going to say it more. Salt with Spice. No woman wants to date a man in his 80s or 90s, Bob laments. I try to reassure him the right woman is out there, one who wouldn't care about age, that a gentleman is quality worth more than quantity of days. Bob squeezes my hand, sighs. There doesn't seem to be a longing stone unturned at our bi-weekly breakfast until a TJ's pal learns of Bob's clandestine lunch. I just came from Unity's church admin meeting and Donna announced you're her boyfriend. Wilma's daughter, Lori, casually mentions, then winks. Bob spews his coffee. It peppers his breakfast wrap. It is the only news that brings us in unison to look up from our sanctuary of waffles, pancakes, truffle-sized butter dollops, Ham that looks war-torn, bright yellow omelette squares and varying shades of gray. Bob's cheeks are pinker than Wilma's rejected slab of ham. Listen, people, we've had a single lunch. I cannot believe she made that announcement, he says incredulously. She is not my girlfriend, and no one was to know because of her. Then pauses, situation situation? What situation? Is she the oldest pregnant lady? Wilma laughs. Dad tries to suppress his smattering of giggles while Lori rolls her eyes. Wilma was the first to reach out to me when mom died, sitting beside me in the church pew my first time back after mom's memorial service. She took my hands in hers to bring me comfort throughout the church service and told me how much she loved mom. As she holds Bob's hands today, the same compassion is authentic and strong But time and the congestion of her illness has infused a Joan Rivers spice to our fellowship. Donna Shimana, why Donna, Wilma entreats, what's her problem? She's yours, and she chuckles and sips her coffee. Bob's response is tense and laborious. She's separated but not yet divorced, so no one was to know that we had and he pedals his mezzo piano voice to pianissimo when he p- repeats his dark word, lunch. Just what do you think y'all doing, honey? Don't you know she collects husbands? Then Wilma winks at us all who wonder what final dessert of words will be coming. Bob increases his volume with conviction. In all fairness to Donna, bless her heart, her first two husbands died. So she only will have divorced once. Then he pats his lips with his napkin. Wilma laughs and cups Bob's cheeks in her hands. Oh, honey, how do you think those first two chumps died? She killed them, and you're next, honey. You're at the top of her list. Now pass me the salt, please. <laughs>
0: Could you please send me the text of that? I want to read it. <laughs> I'm really interested in reading it. That. That's great. All right, Sandra, thank you so much for for taking the time thank to do you. this. I really appreciate it.
4: <laughs> thank you so much. Love ya. See you soon. Bye.
0: I am with Doc Janning, the Poet Laureate of South Euclid.
5: Thank you, Jeremy. As the Poet Laureate uh, for the City of South Euclid, uh, Presently, I am, as has been my usual since I was selected, reading to the South Euclid City Council at every meeting of theirs, uh, and that's the second and fourth Monday of each month. I read for major holidays, and we have Arbor Day coming up. I'll be reading for that. And then uh, Memorial Day, I'll be reading. Uh, Independence Day, I'll be reading probably both in South Euclid and in Lindhurst, uh, Because I usually read with the Hillcrest Concert Band. Uh, beyond that, uh, I am working with uh, Ray McNeese, the immediate past poet laureate of the city of Cleveland Heights, who is working with a group of, of people of all ages uh, to create a an anthology titled "A Poem for Cleveland." So it'll be uh, a a group of poems about people's experiences with the in within the environs of uh, the Cleveland area. It won't be just limited to within the city of Cleveland itself. Uh, I'm also in the process of working with the uh, assistant superintendent of schools in, for South Euclid to set up a youth laureateship in the South Euclid-Lindhurst school district yeah that's uh, awesome uh i'm also working on trying to set up uh, what i call porcelains and poetry which would be a poetry reading at the uh museum of american porcelain art which is here in the city of south Euclid, uh, but uh I hope we'll get the ticket sales we need to support it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, this Saturday I have set up with the uh, South Lyndhurst branch of the Cuyahoga County Library an event called A Gathering of Laurels. It is going to be six Poets Laureate reading their work.
0: I heard it's going to be really good. You should go.
5: <laughs> you're going to be there too jeremy Yes, I am.
2: <laughs>
5: but uh i have uh plans for next year's gathering of laurels to include uh poets laureate from around the state
0: oh that's gonna be exciting make it
5: make it a, 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 at least 12 poets laureate readings nice eh, it's uh it's a project but uh you know what the vast majority of my fellow poets make these projects easier for me they're they're quite cooperative and uh i i love it i love it uh also it, because i just recently turned 80 um I am, you might say, planning for eventualities, and I am hoping that uh, once I talk to the mayor, she will accept my idea for who is to be the next Poet Laureate of South Okay, It's not that I'm retiring from it, it's just that I know I'm getting older, and I... Have to accept the fact that one day I will no longer be able to do it.
0: Sure. So, what is that transition process going to look like? Well, it's it's super early. uh,
5: (laughs) I don't know whether the mayor will just uh, appoint the person I have selected or if uh, they will go through a a, uh, selection process. Uh, Although I don't think they really went through a process (laughs) because I was the one who had proposed there being a poet laureate in South Euclid in the first place. (laughs) Sure. Sure. So uh, I, and really in the long run, I never expected to be, a poet laureate and to be doing the things I'm doing at my age.
0: There's, there's one thing that you did last year. I think that was really cool was you helped Notre Dame college celebrate their hundredth anniversary. Did you mention? Well,
5: I, I'm going to be reading a poem for, uh, their hundredth anniversary. Uh, the final celebration of their hundredth anniversary in September, uh, I'm creating a poem 100 lines long. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh yeah. How many uh, lines do you have? <laughs> how many lines do I have? I've got um about 40 lines already. Oh, nice. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not releasing uh any of that until.
0: On, on <laughs> <laughs> All right, very cool. Do you have any other projects oh. or things you want to mention?
5: Well, one other project I'm I'm working on right now is a uh a younger friend of mine uh who I've known since uh he was a a young man in scouting called me up and he said he wants to read a poem to his bride on their wedding day. So, uh, he asked he, he gave me some basic information and asked me to create a poem for him to read. (laughs) That's so sweet. (laughs) So I'm doing it. I love it. Excellent. And, uh, I, besides working on, well, I'm also working on, uh, finalizing a manuscript that i want to submit for publication it's only going to have about a hundred poems in it (laughs) (laughs) only (laughs) hey i've written more than two
0: thousand i believe it yeah i mean you you've been going to the west side workshop for a number of years i know how the depth of your work
5: well i'm uh, the west side workshop only once in the blue uh i've been attending the workshop Uh, at the South Houston Lindhurst Library for uh, close to 10 years now.
0: That's wonderful. Would you like to read a poem to take us out?
5: Would I like to read a poem? Hmm. Would you love to read a poem? (laughs) (laughs) This is a relatively new one. It's titled Mazarin Waltz. (laughs) The Mazarin Waltz, a waltz of midnight blue, a blue hinged with fire. The fire of passion and love flowing from the well of time. A waltz of dreams, of dreams dreaming us as being we become. A waltz of convergence and ascension of souls. A waltz of the multiverse and the forever beyond forever thank you
0: beautiful thank you so very much for taking the time to do this doc no thank you for inviting me wendy mcvicker welcome thank you for joining us and you are no longer poet laureate but you have some excellent things to talk about and i think it'd be great to hear your reflection
6: Thank you, Jeremy. Well, I don't know about excellent things to talk about, but it it is a wonderful thing to be offered the opportunity to reflect on something that it has been tied up with a bow. Not that my life and engagement with poetry in my community, which is Athens, Ohio, Athens County, and Athens City, um, is over anything but, anything but um, one of the perks, I think, of being named poet laureate of one's community is that people who maybe didn't know that this was something you did, because frankly, let's face it, really, a lot of our poets are um, invisible, you know, Um, people seek, you know, people who are interested, seek them out and know about them. But there are lots of other people who Um, who don't know yet perhaps that they love poetry will discover they love poetry through contact with a poet laureate. And what that means is that that doesn't go away when you stop having that label that you get to wear. Um, You're still, you're still, well, I was poetry lady. I was a poetry lady in my community (laughs) before I became poet laureate, among other things, but poetry lady, because I spent a lot of time in the schools here and, um, So I would, you know, I'd run into kids and they would be like, oh, there's the poetry lady. Uh, So that doesn't end. Uh, Being Poet Laureate, though, meant, I think, that I could reach lots more people. Now, the irony of my time as Poet Laureate is that I was named in February of 2020. And we all know what happened in March of 2020. Mm. And so my big project, which had to do with trees, (laughs) <laughs> came to a screeching halt. And all of a sudden, I, who... Um, I'm not a social media person. I'm not a technology person. but There I was, having to serve my community. And the only means that I had of serving, really, um, was through technology. And um, so... I was kind of dragged kicking and screaming, if you like, into things like video, you know, recording myself reading poems that I would then put on our Athens Poet Laureate Facebook site. I have to say that I have been, from the beginning, a reluctant Facebooker, but I knew that I this was how I could connect with my community, you know. So I would put these monday morning poems up every week um that we called silver linings poems and and those reached a surprising number of people and a surprising number have told me that they miss they miss them but they're all up on youtube and so if someone needs a silver linings fix they're all there <laughs> they can find one um and another thing that I I ended up doing was record talking with a bunch of local poets, um local and regional poets about their work and in interviewing them and uh, much as Jeremy you do um and those those conversations are on SoundCloud but they were produced through WOUB which is our local NPR station um and so these were ways I tried to connect I tried to offer poetry to my community for the good of their spirits, for the good of all our spirits, because our spirits have been sorely tested. Um, I think that's probably true in this time anyway, but a pandemic really, that really hit us all, as we know, very, very hard. And we really needed, we just really needed some some you know, it's just some good medicine going through that. And poetry was the medicine that I had to offer. Um, one thing that was not technological that I really enjoyed doing was chalking poems on the sidewalk. Uh, my neighborhood is, is a close in to, to the center of town neighborhood. There are sidewalks everywhere. And when no one could go anywhere into any public places we were all out taking walks in the neighborhood and people i noticed that people were leaving messages for each other on the sidewalks you know a happy birthday message or a miss you message um, i saw um scavenger hunts chalked on the sidewalk and That's i thought awesome. okay, isn't that wonderful and so i thought okay poems i'm going to put poems on the sidewalk and and people People took pictures of them and po- and reposted them. I also, also posted them on the Poet Laureate page. And I would sit on my porch and I would hear, I would someone would go by with a child and they would stop and they would read the poem together. And maybe they would say a few words about that. And then they would continue on your walk. And this just gave me so much joy. Um, so that, of course, that was a rather fair weather project because I wasn't going to go out when it was 17 degrees out in shock poems on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> and what would happen is I, I'd put the poems out, the rain would come and wash them away, and then it was time for another poem. And that that was really fun to do. <laughs> so I'm really happy when I think about these things. I'm happy that some of them persist in, you know, in, in the ether. Um, and the, I got to do some collaborations, like with music students from OU, with uh, singing our feminist choir Calliope here in Athens, with our Passion Works studio. Um, we figured out ways of connecting through poetry, which for me is what it's about. And I think that's probably enough babble for me for right now. <laughs> Shall I?
0: Greatly yeah. appreciated. Greatly appreciated. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Thank you. Would you like to hear a poem? You mentioned hearing a poem. I would love that. All right. I'm going to give you a poem from my most recent chapbook, Zero Adore, from a small press in Northern Ohio called the Orchard Street Press. And this is Salt. We came from the Salt Sea and we sprinkle salt on our food to remind us of home we crave the taste of salt on our tongues of salt on our lovers lips when it snows as it did here yesterday our hearts hum like tuning forks to the salt sparkle on branches and in the dark hedge here in the heartland that beats so fierce i dream of the ocean the moon and her tides Draw me to the edge of land. If I ever get there, I will not look back. I will turn to
0: salt. Beautiful. Wendy, thank you. Past poet laureate of Athens County, thank you so very much for doing this. Thank and you, Darren. The city is lucky to have you. <laughs> thank you. All right, Ray McNeese. Poet Laureate, fellow Cleveland Poet Laureate with me. Well, we're not from Cleveland, from Cleveland
2: Heights. Um, You are here to tell us about what's going on. So what's going on? Uh, Well, I am at the very end of my laureateship, which was extended for a year due to COVID because I wasn't really able to do a lot of the things. Uh, The first year I got in, everything was locked down. So we couldn't do any of our usual ecstasy events, a lot of the great projects of which I had several dozen that I wanted to uh, undertake as Poet Laureate did not uh, materialize. So uh, kindly, they decided to extend my tenure another year, but I am coming into the finish line of said year, last year now. However, the caveat to all that is that had I not been extended for a year, I would not have applied for the American Academy of Poetry's Poet Laureate grant, which I was lucky enough to receive. Uh, which has precipitated yet another laureateship. (laughs) Um, And I'm completing that uh, in June as part of the Poem for Cleveland project through the American Academy of Poets. Excellent. Cool, cool. So um, over the course of the year, when we finally were able to um, get things going mm, midway through the second year, um, we started once again doing acrostic events, but we started doing them I think we did the first couple via zoom, we were just talking about zoom, uh but then we were able to get back in the gallery masked and uh and then eventually now we we our masks are optional um so but I was able to do because they were outside one of my projects for the poet laureateship was the haiku hikes a k a ginkos, and I did several of those and i well i did um uh, Seasonal haiku hikes. Haiku books are normally broken into seasonal sections. So I did a spring, spring, summer, fall, winter haiku hikes for a couple of years, uh, and and we were able to make, have those happen because they were outside, and so we didn't have to uh, mask up. So now everything has kind of come b- a little bit more back to normal. Although I don't know that it'll ever be such, but um, we are starting to do the last. I'm in my last ekphrastic event, um, uh, so I have completed um, the fourth of this season. So we do two in the fall and two in the spring, and the next poet laureate of Cleveland Heights will take up the fall and winter um, uh, ekphrastic events, which are uh, gathering together other poets to comment on the art shows, the art show openings, which are different themes every every show. So that that's kind of the main body of what the Cleveland Heights Poet Laureate does. We read it. I mentioned earlier when we were talking off the page that um I did the um once a year we go before the Heights Council and read a poem. And I did Haikus one year and then last year I did a a poem about Snowflake Bentley because it was a snowy day that day and it was a poem I had been working on. Um so, you know, we do those kind of things. We're trying to expand the role of uh what we do, I, I wanted to do a lot, but of course, because of COVID, I was not able to do so. But um, that's something that the, the new Poet Laureate of Cleveland Heights and University Heights, I guess I can say that, because by the time this is broadcast, it'll be a fact. Um, University Heights and Cleveland Heights are combining into one laureateship, which means that the Poet Laureate will will cover both of those uh, domains. Um, so that that is big news right there. So, Ray, tell me about the Poem for Cleveland project. Uh, I shall, indeed. Actually, as I mentioned earlier, COVID kind of wiped out one of the programs that I wanted to do for Heights Arts, which was something that is in my bailiwick. I, I've been a social worker with elderly and I've been a teacher. Um, so I combined the two. I, was, I wanted to do a project for Heights Arts. uh, I learned so much poetry from my uh, paternal grandmother, Zelma. She was an Appalachian root woman. So I wanted to kind of pay it forward by going back and um, talking to elders of Cleveland and having teens help with that recording of those stories and making them into poems. So I was not able to do that project um, through Heights Arts because of COVID. Obviously, all the nursing homes were closed down and and they didn't want anybody uh, spreading viruses hither and yon. So um, at the uh, middle in the middle of my third year, or at the beginning of my third year as Poet Laureate, remember I was extended for a year, this grant opportunity came up through the American Academy of Poetry. And I thought, wow, that's, you know, maybe now we can continue this idea that I had once upon a time at the beginning of my laureateship. And so that's in fact what I submitted as my proposal for the American Academy of Poets Poet Laureate grant. Uh, and it's called Poem for Cleveland, which is exactly uh, what I just mentioned. It's, uh, having, um, young, a cohort of young poets. Uh, my, my, in fact, my youngest poet is 16. They go from 16 to 24. Uh, most of them are under 21. And they are going to, uh, they are assisting me in, um, workshops where we invite elders from the community to come together with us and we all write on the same prompt. And and uh, it's kind of a Cleveland now, Cleveland then, Cleveland in the future kind of approach to things. So uh, that project has been going since last fall, and we're going to culminate um, in June at the Cleveland Public Library Main Branch, uh, a presentation of the of the uh, people in the anthology. So and we're going to have young young people too. I've been doing work with young people at. Uh, Roughing Montessori, where I teach as artist in residence, but also uh, through my workshops with Cal Center for Arts Inspired Learning, and and then uh, Lake Erie Inc, which is a partner organization for the grant, uh, along with Cleveland Heights and uh, several other organizations: the uh, the Center for the Book at the public library and the Cleveland Public Library and the Scoreball Writers Center, uh, the Irish American Society. Um, uh, McGregor Pace Senior Center. So I have all, you know, we were talking about be careful what you ask for. So I got this grant and now I have to administer the grant and I have to keep everything going. And it, I've never, I've always, one of the reasons I'm a poet is I like the solo motivated kind of work situation. Yeah. Um, and now I have all these other people that I, all these other balls up in the air and all these other people that I have to kind of organize and keep on the same track. And it's um, for somebody who's, you know, I think most poets have um, ADD as kind of like our modus operandi, so it's kind of hard to, uh, it's kind of hard to keep them all pointing in the same direction, and, and uh, but it's, you know, it's teaches who, I've been a teacher long enough that I know how to get the job done, uh, as much as I um, struggle with my tendencies to be in a state of hysterical fugue often. <laughs> I know those feelings well. <laughs> so so how does a poet organize such things? You know, the poet laureateship is something that I think, um, I think it focuses the community on the idea of poetry as part of the place of the community. But I also think it helps focus the, the poet as to his or her role um, as the person who brings all those lines of thought and lines of poetry together and to make a a general huge enormous poem uh, from the community, which is what I'm trying to do with the poem for Cleveland project. You know, D.A. Lovey said, we have a, uh, I have a city to cover with lines and I've really taken that to heart. So, um, and in fact, one of the things I want to do, one of the last things I want to do is the kind of the icing on the cake for this anthology is to put out, um, uh, to, to put out a prompt to friends that we just each add a line so that we make this, poem of everyone adds a line to this general poem of Cleveland. That so each, really each will get just one one line of poetry. <laughs> and we'll do it kind of like, we'll just send it, and it's kind of a game of tag, you know, so people will tag it around until it comes back full circle. That's, a That's the general. plan anyway, but as you know, the best laid plans of mice and men gang aft aglory, to <laughs> quote <laughs> Remy Burns. Uh, we, we, we shall keep sending our voices into the void. And hoping to hear an echo <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. all right, would you could you please uh, wrap us up with the poem? Ah, why not? This is a short poem that's going to be featured in the um, Cuyahoga community uh, library's uh, poem, poem a day for a National Poetry Month. It's called Cleveland Winter. Cleveland's flats look brighter in winter when the sun blares full force over sooty snow piles, bridge rust glowing above post apocalypse postcard. The doldrums have given way today to blue sky contrasting Lake Erie ice out to the crib around Whiskey Island and back to three skyscrapers like silver teeth sticking out of the cold gray skull of dead industrial Rockefeller giant. This world freezes faster than it thaws and burns more quickly than it grows. Today, Cleveland stands out clearly as if it will not all melt away someday. Beautiful. Thank you so very much for sharing.
0: Carry Gunter Seymour, good to see you.
7: Hey Jeremy it's great to see you too it has been too long we have both been so busy oh i know it's crazy
0: and it's been yeah. two years um so tell us what's been going on
7: okay well um as you as most people know i'm a ninth generation appalachian i always like to mention that because i am so happy to be able to as well as other things lift up appalachia as i travel around And so basically for me, it has literally been traveling all over Ohio to do readings and workshops, um, just kind of visiting with folks, lots of interviews um, over the past um, year. Because, you know, I'm in my third year as the laureate at this point, uh, having been reappointed. So uh, I continued my work with Ohio inmates. And it was really great this time, because what I did was a month-long series with 18 prisons at one time via Zoom, which sounds like it could not possibly work. These 18 prisons were throughout Ohio, but it worked beautifully. I literally went in all at one time via Zoom, and we would work for 30 to 45 minutes uh, doing writing prompts. And then we spent the rest of the time, which was a total of two and a half hours doing read around, going from prison to prison to prison, doing read around. And I have to tell you, their work, once again, was so deeply moving. I am just beyond honored that I was able in that sort of situation with so many people involved to build a a place of safety where there was some trust in that everybody felt like they could read their work. Well, not everybody. I'm not saying everybody read, but so many did. And these beautiful voices, female, male, um, you know, and genderless, because I don't want to assign gender here. Um, But it it was just so incredible and so moving. And of course, as usual, I found myself in tears many times and I warned them of that, that I'm a crier <laughs> <laughs> and not to be concerned if I burst into tears or they see tears coming down my cheeks. That's just, uh, you know, how I am. Um, and so the, uh, the other side of that is after we completed the month long series, I, uh, I held a poetry contest which is just now finishing up. So I invited everyone from those 18 prisons who participated in the workshops to send in their poems. They didn't have to have been created in the workshops. They just needed to be poems from them that they had written to submit them to me. And um, and like I said, I'm just finishing that up. There's first, second, third place and several honorable mentions And um, everyone will get a certificate that I'm going to make with their name and the name of their poem and whether they got first, second, third or or honorable mention, I'm going to send forward some notes about the poem from me. And then the winning poet, um, the winning poet, I'm going to go visit at the prison and they are, you know, they are allowed to bring. Their group, their whole group, and we're gonna sit and talk poetry and um and just carry on a bit, and then they'll also receive a monetary prize that'll be put in their account there at um, their particular prison so that they can spend it in the dispensary, you know, to get treats and and stuff like that. Um so really, it's just been such an honor to do that and to read through all these submissions that came in and just to sit in that space with all these good folks who are trying so hard to turn their lives around. And I truly believe that they're going to having read this work and um, you know, and where they're going and how they feel about the world. Um, so moving forward with that in mind, I also over the last two years have done an art, artist residency with the Wexner Center for their PAGES program. And I get to spend time with Central Ohio teens and introduce them to the arts, because so many teens think art means painting, and that's that, and because the Wexner is so innovative, and um, and always thinking in terms of next steps, and what's, you know, what's happening with the arts, mm-hmm. I was able, uh, through them, and of course, their wonderful staff, to um, to help these students realize that literature is fine art, and music is fine art, and dance is fine art, and film is dine- fine art, you know as well as those traditional forms of paint and sculpture and fiber and glass and so i got to go in to the individual classrooms to spend time with the students um i also Got to spend time with them at the WEX as we brought in each class one at a time to view the art that's in the Wexner Center right now, which is actually incredibly innovative and um, it's such a gift, you know, for me to get to literally watch these students come to this understanding that there's so much more out in the world than, you know, well beyond their classroom and um, it's fun to hang out with them. And I get to host an open mic at the end of the year. I did this last year, and I will do this this year as well. It's sort of a culminating event. And each person is invited to get up in in front of the open mic and read a piece of their work. And we had lots of students last year, which was so fabulous. And we even had one singer. And he was great. He was absolutely great. It was like we were on on American Idol or something, you know? We were all just mesmerized. And the work was just glorious. And again, I'm always just so honored that these students trust me with their innermost thoughts. And I do. I encourage them. I encourage them to write protest poems. I encourage them to write from their deepest, darkest spaces and to be proud of where they come from. Don't let people shame them for who they are. And so we write a lot about that. Um, another really kind of very cool thing that happened this year is Governor DeWine invited me to read a poem at his inauguration.
0: Nice. We need and, more of that.
7: Yeah, yeah. And so that gave That's me
0: awesome.
7: <laughs> yeah the opportunity to lift up Appalachia and invoke the wonderful Dolly Parton. <laughs>
0: congratulations. <laughs> and congratulations also to the third appointment
7: oh thank you thank you uh well second yeah second Ooh, appointment yeah sorry the reappointment no, that's okay <laughs> we don't want to get ahead of ourselves <laughs> just re-appointment. um so anyway it was really fun because there i was in front of ohio leadership and a couple thousand guests and i was able to lift up appalachia to remind them that appalachia is a you know is a, a large part of ohio um So, of course, all this last year, I continued to travel throughout Ohio with our anthology. Jeremy, you're part of that. I thought I heard a cardinal sing Ohio's Appalachian Voices. We ended up doing about 21 events, I think, uh, in the reading series for that. And so I got to meet literally poets from all over Ohio. I feel like it united southeast and southern Ohio with with central and and northern Ohio. I just feel like we all kind of got to meet people we never knew before, which was just uh, wonderful. And as a recap for that, I got a $50,000 grant from the Academy of American Poets and Andrew W. Mellon Foundation to create that anthology. It is one of a kind, and it's focused on Ohio-based Appalachians. Um, And some people wrote about Appalachian history or landmarks or lore, if they weren't basically Appalachian, which was great. And so I am the founder curator of a seasonal performance series called Spoken and Heard. And so I have carried that on. I started that when I was the Poet Laureate of Athens County. Um, And so I still continue to bring in poets and uh, storytellers and musicians from all over the country virtually. um, And that's sponsored by Stewart's Opera House and the Ohio Arts Council um, provides a stipend uh, for those who, uh, come and perform for spoken and heard. And we've had up to a thousand people, uh, visiting those YouTube, um, recordings, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, and then also as an, as an aside, I'm the founder executive director of the women of Appalachia project. And I'm the editor editor of its anthology, which is called women speak, which, um, is about to, uh, open the call for volume nine of that but it's actually uh it uh, the women of appalachia projects in its 14th year and we'll celebrate the 15th anniversary next season which is very exciting to me 15 years at that project and it's just grown and grown and grown every year and we travel extensively as well to ohio west virginia kentucky and tennessee so um
0: <laughs> Been busy. I,
7: yeah, I've been very busy, happily <laughs> so, and running into some of you folks along the way, of course, and then trying to, you know, keep in touch and stay involved with the Ohio Poetry Association, which I value so highly and I'm so pleased and proud of to be a member of and proud of its growth and its ext- it's uh its extended reach to the community and um and its inclusiveness. That's what I love about our poetry society. Um And I just remind people that I'm a retired instructor in the E.W. Scripps School of Journalism at Ohio University, and I am a Pillars of Prosperity fellow for the Foundation for Appalachian, Ohio. Um, If I'm allowed to speak about it, my current collection is Alone in the House of My Heart from Ohio University Swallow Press. and my first collection, A Place So Deep Inside America It Can't Be Seen was the winner of the 2020 Ohio Poet of the Year Award. Um, I do have a new book coming up from Eastover Press. Uh, It's a new press that specializes in work from deep in the heart of America's rural spaces, which I love that. I feel like I'm right where I need to be. And um, so I'm very excited about that. The title is Dirt Songs. Wonderful. So Yeah, I think that speaks pretty clearly to me. Um, And I'd like to mention, this other little tidbit, because it speaks to the power of poetry and its value. Uh, And this little poem I wrote in honor of Joe Burrow when he received the Heisman Trophy, and he gave a speech concerning the level of poverty in Athens County, Ohio, because it's well below the national norm, and that's my county, and and it was about all the families living in poverty here. So I wrote a little poem as the Athens Poet Laureate and posted it on Facebook. And they posted it on their fundraising page. And it went viral and was seen by over 100,000 people. And that resulted in thousands of dollars donated to the local food pantry. They ended up with a half a million dollars over, uh, which they are putting that money to huge beneficial use and building endowment, um, so that food insecurity in Athens County should not be a thing, hopefully anymore. Um, and so I think that <clears throat> kind of finishes up, uh, who I am and what I'm doing. And, uh, I understand you'd like to have a poem to click.
0: Yes, up. please. If you don't mind.
7: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, and this one's from, uh, alone in the house of my heart and it's called the whole shebang up for debate. Today I gave a guy a ride. Caught in a cloudburst jogging down East Mill Street. Skinny. Backpacked. Newspaper. A makeshift shield. Unsafe under any circumstances. I don't know what possessed me. I make bad decisions and forgetful. Cling to structure and routine like static electricity to polyester. (laughs) A predicament of living under the facade. I always add to myself. Said he needed to catch a go bus. Shaking off droplets before climbing in. He gabbed about Thanksgiving plans. His mom's cider basted turkey. Grandma's pecan-crusted pumpkin pie. It was a quick, masked ride. Bless you, he said, unfolding himself from the car. No awkward goodbyes, no, what do I owe you? Just bless you, in a backward wave. At the stop sign, my fingers stroked the dampness where he sat minutes before. Sometimes life embraces you so unconditionally it shifts your body from shadow into a full-flung lotus of light.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much.
7: (laughs) Jimmy, thank you so much for doing this wonderful work and lifting all of us up.
0: Okay, for my report, um, I am a little over halfway through my tenure as Laureate of of Parma, Ohio. Parma is the seventh largest city in the state of Ohio. It's got a little over 80,000 people um that includes cleveland of which it is a suburb of uh and um i mentioned that fact a lot and i think one of the reasons is because it's it, as big as it is uh it doesn't have a very robust it doesn't have a much creative in, uh, infrastructure there are small groups that operate within the city but for the most part um th- there's nothing terribly centralized and so not only have I been trying to uh, host events and do projects that I think benefit the city, um, but I'm also trying to work with, we have a local art gallery that's hosting one of our projects, which I'll mention in a minute. Um, and we have a bookstore that um, it's walls of books. It's it's part of a chain and, uh, but they have a lot of freedom uh, from the, the franchise doesn't have a lot of oversight over their operations. So they're very community focused and they're, Trying to get the word out that they exist um they moved into where the parmatown mall used to be uh it's if you if you're looking at that shopping plaza, it's kind of around the corner and then the back so so people can't see it from the road easily well at all really when you're driving past. Um, and, and so they're trying to get people to know they're there. So it's good. There, there are other people within the city. And then of course, city council is excited about having, um, more creative efforts locally, which, so there are a lot of people in Parma that are willing to work together and to raise their collective profiles. Um, the Parma Observer has been extremely, um, open and, and helpful. Uh, it's been, they've been open to publishing, you know, whatever we want to do with, through them, um which has been great for raising awareness. Uh, so so going into, I'm trying to think big picture. I'm trying to think like what, how can I establish stuff so that way when I'm done, it doesn't just fall apart because it's a, it's a big concern of mine. Um, so uh, in terms of like tangible things I've been doing. Um, there's, there's three projects I want to get finished. One is the, uh, parma author project. We've been trying to find, I've been trying to get as many authors and writers in the area as possible to contribute to a display. Uh, the art gallery is hosting us, the, the Prama art space and gallery, um, on Pearl and Ridge. They have a display of ours and we, we have a registry. Um, you can see that registry online at, at our website. And, Uh, We have, we've cleared 50 writers and we're, we're trying for a hundred and we've got new books that we're adding all the time. Um, So that's, that's one of the big projects and that one's done, but ongoing. And then we have another project. um, It's the Parma poetry project where we want to put uh, poems on plaques and have them scattered around the city. One thing that Parma does have is a lot of murals and i'd like to accompany those murals with poetry Uh, we want to put poems in uh, parks on little free libraries inside of government buildings or high traffic areas or private partners that you know want to play along Um, we're about to enter the fundraising phase for that Uh, the parks and rec department has um, committed themselves to installing them for us as long as they're on public areas so if it's if we install a plaque in a private business, we'll still have to figure out how to get that done, but um, they're going to, they're going to install the plaques for us. And the city has been receptive about it. Um, the head of the parks and rec department, Mickey Detardi, met with me and we went over locations that would be good that we wanted to select as possible candidates. Um, and then we'll have, once we raise enough money and we know how many locations we're going to get, uh, then we can start the writing process Um One of those locations, we want to have indoors and and a plastic stand where the plaque is removable and then do a writing contest once a year where um, the person who wins the contest will get their poem put in that spot. And then at the end of the year, they get the plaque and then, you know, the the next winner will go in. Um, So that's the second project. And then the third project is um, it's a writing club for kids. Now, now, Parma has... um, grades five through twelve. There is a writing club. Um I don't have my notes on me, so I forget what it's called, but it's it's a writing club that currently exists. And so uh I want to establish um kindergarten through fourth grade. Now I've I've had ELA teachers in Shiloh Middle School, um the library, the elementary school, Thorough Park Elementary, like they've been receptive to having me come into the classrooms and give workshops and that. So and then uh Tiffany, um, her, she, a woman named Tiffany, she's the superintendent of Parma City Schools and she's uh, open to, the the ultimate goal for this, I think the the way I kind of see it is that um, the club will be established and the writer in residence at the bookstore, if I could get that program off the ground, they would be responsible for working with the PTA to ensure that this club continues and getting volunteers in and, and, and in that so um that's probably that's the that's the most difficult project and i'm not certain i'll be able to i have some fear that it's not going to be done before the end of the year um but i mean i'll just keep working on it after the the time is up the last thing that i did uh to create events and to have um a nonprofit entity that picks the next laureate and Um, is just responsible for bringing programming to Parma. I I established a group called the Flamingo Writers Guild, and we have a monthly reading series. We have a monthly writing event called Shut Up and Write, um, where people just meet and get together and and write for two hours. Um, We have had workshops and speakers, and we've done local events. Um, We did an ephrastic workshop with the art gallery. Uh, We did Another, um, like an improv poetry night with a different uh, nonprofit uh, in the area. Uh, So that has just been, you know, hold events, see who responds to those events. And, you know, the more people that come out and the more that people get used to our presence, um, we're hoping that we'll just have more people involved. And at a certain point, I really hope that uh, the, the stuff becomes autonomous um, i don't i don't want any of it to fall apart um right now i think right now i'm most focused on the uh the poetry project and getting the fundraiser set up and uh getting a, a, a regular social event set up something that isn't it has less writing or maybe has prompts available but it's more about people just getting together um we don't really do socials and socials are great for networking and i know that that's a weakness of ours um and we have like other minor things um there's a there's an a, a historian dr ward who is working with us for uh the Myanmar literature project which is basically we've been collecting articles and materials and um communications and documents and videos of uh the the junta's takeover since we've been collecting stuff since the coup started 2 years ago um and and we have a micro press, um, and we're publishing our third book this summer, and so that's been used to raise a little bit of money, not much, but you know we don't need a whole lot right now. Unfortunately, we, um, or or fortunately, I mean it's it's fortunate, <laughs> double edged sword there because you know if your operating costs are low, then you can continue to operate without much pressure. Um, but it makes it obviously we have to be strategic about how we hold events and, you know, all that. So it's uh, it's it's been a fun time. Um, all right, I'm going to read a poem. This is called The Wall of Books. Um, this is about the, the back bedroom in my grandmother's house. I am Dahlia Tubers, staring at the wall-high bookshelf in the upper corner bedroom into which my four uncles were crammed. I re-bloom in its dark mahogany glow. This chaos-hostile-turned-quiet library drove me through its collection of patterned spines that summer my sister and I stayed. The details scumble now, but the edges yet merely fray around those books, buckets of lightning waiting to be dumped downward. Books fully charged like batteries, their fuel sepulchered among scallop shells and bottled beach sand, grandpa's college notes, and the harrowing vanishing point in the Boulevard Montmartre at night. On the second shelf these trinkets like chocolate chips littering a cookie were the original attraction giving space to those dried pages in time i lost my taste for chocolate so nana gave me her lightning rod and taught me how to tame lightning i'd always enjoyed reading but i left that summer wielding the craft like a sunflower in a shaded corner that learned it could turn around to face the sun thank you very much for listening to this episode. Additionally, I want to thank all the poets who contributed to this episode. It's the state of Ohio would just wouldn't be the same without all of these fierce and very capable and quality community leaders running around creating community. Um, it's, It's astounding and it's impressive to watch everyone else work. So I want to thank each of them, for their service to the community, the time they spent on, on this episode, and the time that they're going to spend knocking it out of the park for the rest of the year. This has been Poetry Spotlight, a production of the Ohio Poetry Association. Please follow the OPA on Twitter at Ohio Poetry and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Ohio Poetry. A transcript of this episode can be found on the OPA blog. Visit ohiopoetryassociation.org for more information. And thank you for listening.